Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sobanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season three, episode 21, Look Who's Barking. It originally aired on May 10th, 2001, and had 4.68 million viewers. Oh, just have to say this is going to be one of my favorite episodes of the season. And I'm so excited to talk about this. Me too. I, I love this episode and I'm really excited to get into it. We start out in the manor and it's we're in the living room at night and Phoebe is looking at photo booth pictures of her and Cole and the Book of Shadows is on her lap and she puts them in the Book of Shadows along with other photos of him and writes Cole's human form on the page next to Balthazar. Then Prue walks in and Phoebe says, why didn't you invite him in? And Prue's like, who? Phoebe says, your date, the guy you've been smooching on the porch for the last 10 minutes. And she's like, eavesdropping, were you? Phoebe's like, well, I'm single again, so I have no choice but to live vicariously through your love life. And Prue says, wow, I'd pick a better love life if I were you. Lately, mine's been rated PG for pretty grim. And Phoebe says, that's because no one ever makes it past the threshold, Prue. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you're out here looking, but you can't keep saving yourself from Mr. Right. And Prue says, I'm not saving myself from Mr. Right. I mean, Mr. Interesting would do, or Mr. Personality, or even Mr. Take My Breath Away. I don't care. And Phoebe says, be careful with that last one. They tend to surprise you in all the wrong ways. Then Prue sits down next to Phoebe and sees what she wrote about Cole and says he likes walks in the park, jazz, and fine wine. And she's like, Phoebe, what are you doing? <laughs> And Phoebe's like, well, Cole's a demon. We write about demons in the Book of Shadows, don't we? And she's like, right, but this kind of stuff, do you really think it's necessary? And Phoebe says, yeah, if it prepares future witches in case he attacks, absolutely. The more they know about Cole, the better the chance they have of hurting him before he hurts them. And Prue's like, do you want to talk about it? She's like, no, there's nothing to talk about. I loved, I lost, and now I'm moving on. And then they hear this, like, explosion coming from the basement and they go and check on Piper. So a lot going on in this first scene. Prue out here on some dates that we, I guess, never get to see anymore. No, I know. But like, I totally get it. Like, she's right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe she's not looking for Mr. Right, but like, she keeps finding, at least according to her, these really like boring guys who she has like no connection with. Right. And I like the way Phoebe's kind of like, oh, well, like, I need to live through your love life. Because I feel like that's, like, the type of place I'm in right now where I'm, like, like with Amanda specifically. I'm like, tell me about these guys you're talking to because I'm never talking to a man again and I need to live through someone else's love life. There you go. <laughs> Listen, we all been there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I get Phoebe's position, too. And clearly she's very hurt. And trying to act like she doesn't really care that she doesn't like him anymore or love him anymore. But then she's writing all these like <laughs> things in the Book of Shadows, which, by the way, I think it's just so like 
it's a little bit extra and cringy like fine wine jazz (laughs) walks on the beach like oh you're really you're really explaining how to get to him that's like the most basic like movie thing that you could say you know yes a hundred percent like it's very cliched like I wish it had dug for something like a little more like unique to Cole you know what I mean like to show us Because, like, when it comes down to it, like, the reason you love someone are, like, the really little things about them that you notice. And I wish we got to see some of that because I feel like that would have given us more insight into their relationship. Because we've always seen so much of, like, the passion between them, right? The way they're all over each other. So I would have liked to know more of those, like, little things she knew about Cole. Right. Like, we get a lot of that those things with kind of Piper and Leo or at least more so I think but we never really get to see that from Phoebe and Cole we just saw like the passion with them like you said and we know they love each other but like he's gone for multiple episodes at a time and then I don't know like we don't get to see too much of their intimacy in the relationship so I do wish we got to see more of that as well yeah like when did you guys ever go for long walks or listen to jazz (laughs) like We've never, we've never seen those things, you know? Yeah. And that was the moment to really fill us in on things we've missed in their relationship, but they chose like very cliched items, I feel. Yeah. Kind of sucks, but it was kind of funny. I will say. It was. I mean, it was a little, you know, comedic moment. And I'll also say like, doesn't the book get passed down in their family? So they think like Cole's going to seduce like their daughter or something. I know. I listen I plot sake I guess (laughs) it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either like they're making it seem this would be like for any witch like no it's very specifically for your line right your family also since what has there always been like a blank spot next to Balthazar's page I'm not sure maybe but I I do feel like most of the pages have something on the front and back so that may have been a plot sake thing yeah I I'm gonna have to agree with that (laughs) anyone wants to take a look back because you know there are some order things in the book of shadows that come up in this episode was it always in that order let us know yeah i would like to see that so then we cut over to the basement and we see piper is down there and she hasn't gotten a handle on her new power yet then we see phoebe and prue up in the kitchen and the scene kind of cuts back and forth And Phoebe knocks on the basement door and asks if Piper's okay. She says, I'm fine. The Christmas decorations are not. And Prue asks if they can come down. And Piper's like, no, stay away from the door. It's not safe. And Phoebe's like, Piper, that's ridiculous. We're your sisters. And Prue says, maybe we should back up just a little bit. (laughs) And so they do. And then they start hearing a bunch of dogs barking outside. And Phoebe tells Piper that she can't stay down there forever, and Piper says that she can, but Phoebe says, no, you can't. You have a club to run and a husband who can't stand to live without you. Prue says, that's right, and two sisters who need you to cook for them and fight evil with them, and then Phoebe's like to Prue, okay, do you want her to come up or not? (laughs) And (laughs) Prue's like, oh. And then Kit runs through the room, like, meowing, really upset, knocking things over, And Piper asks what that was, and Phoebe says that it was just Kit to relax. Then we hear dogs continue barking, and Prue's kind of like, what's going on out there? 
I feel like a lot of this scene is mostly comedy, but also introducing us to Piper still struggling with her new power, which we just got introduced to that, what, last episode, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god, and I love this for her. If anyone were to react just like this, it would be Piper, to just, like, lock herself away and be like, I'm done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like- no, 100%. It's very in character for her. I like the way that They have the interactions here. I think they're very cute. I think they're really working. But it kind of throws me back to Prue a little bit hiding from things. And we'll see that even later in this episode. Because it actually brings me back to like, she's a man, baby, a man. When like Prue turned into a guy, Manny, and then was hiding in the bathroom. And now here's like Piper with a new power hiding in the basement. Oh, yeah. And we will see. And like, a little even bit when Prue had the empath power, like hiding in the basement, like it's giving me very like Prue vibes, but it's also very Piper at the same time. Agreed. Yeah, no, it is. I didn't even think about those things, but <laughs> you're totally right. But I love their reactions and the interactions here, like you said, to them just like, like, uh, trying to help her out, but not doing such a great job. Exactly. And then obviously the dogs and like, hit running across the room and everything something is going on with animals in this episode right and we are going to hopefully find out soon what that is yes so then we cut to this old man's apartment and there's a pug barking at the window and he goes and lays down by his human which is the old man who is crying about this woman named Catherine and looking through a photo album And then the dog barks at him, and the room starts shaking, and Misty, the dog, keeps on barking, and he tries to tell her to stop. And then all of a sudden, glass starts breaking all around him, and he gets freaked out. And then the windows explode, and this woman with white hair and sharp teeth jumps through, like, with, like, this high-pitched scream. And she gets close to him, and he screams too and covers his eyes, and blood starts dripping down his face. Yes. looks like he don't he doesn't quite make that one (laughs) yeah i don't think he's surviving (laughs) r.i.p to the old man yeah join Catherine. we hope oh my god but i think these well i guess we don't know exactly what it is yet but so hot i love it i love this character the all white the teeth the like bright eyes and like the creepiness of it all i think that's awesome a really cool demon look yeah i feel like we've been getting a lot of like human forms of demons lately so it's really fun to kind of return to like the costume and like the campiness of having like an actual creature in an episode so i was really excited about that me too love it all and we don't have too much information about it except that this dog seemed to have noticed that something was going on and that i guess her scream can kill yeah that's what it seems like yeah So after that, we have the theme. Then we're back at the manor in the kitchen in the morning. Phoebe's at the table. She's still writing in the Book of Shadows. And Prue walks in and they say good morning to each other. And Prue's like, you're not still writing in there about Cole, are you? She says, nope. And she's like, good. Phoebe says, I'm actually writing about his demonic half now. (laughs) And She brings over a coffee and sits down. She's like, Phoebe, I'm starting to get a little worried about you. Phoebe says, oh, don't worry about me. Worry about Piper. She's like, why? Is she still locked in the basement? She says, no, she's locked herself in her bedroom now. 
And Prue says, well, at least somebody's improving. And Phoebe looks annoyed. Then Prue flips over the newspaper and there's an article about the dogs barking and a record number of noise complaints and that a man was murdered in their neighborhood. And like, damn, when are they printing these papers? Like, when did they have time to report on all of this information if it happened last night? I know, all at once. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like, actually, the newspaper reporters get there at 4 a.m., type up everything that happened that night, and publish it the same day. Yeah. Very legit. Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Time works differently in this universe. <laughs> so Phoebe thinks that Prue is trying to distract her. But then she touches the book and has a premonition of what she describes as a little girl who couldn't be older than 14 or 15 in a phone booth with glass shattering around her. And she asks Prue about the shattered glass that was mentioned in the news article and says that she thinks it was a demon and she thinks she knows which one and walks out of the room. So now we got Phoebe, I feel like, with this one-tracked mind going on. I mean, I get it. She's heartbroken, though. But, like, this whole focus on Balthazar. And, obviously, we know who she thinks the demon is. Yes. Not but really. I just love the way, like, like that line. No, I'm actually writing about his demon half now. Like, yeah, I know. Like, great. Making a big difference. I and love it. Prue with her little digs. Like, well, at least somebody's improving. <laughs> yes. And I will say it's kind of bringing me back to their breakup earlier in the season when Phoebe was trying really hard to separate like his good and evil halves. So seeing her do that again to cope with the breakup a second time felt really like strong and like connected to me to what we've already seen for her character. So I totally got right. that. And I think focusing on something and all her energy into something right now makes sense so I totally understand where her character's at though obviously like Prue's reaction of worrying about her because of this makes total sense too yeah no all of it definitely uh makes sense to me I mean I feel like anyone in that position would probably do the same thing where you just focus yourself on something to cope you know exactly yeah and I think there's obviously an element of denial you know like what was it, two scenes ago, she claimed that she was moving on, she was over it, but obviously with the way she's focusing on Cole or Balthazar, whichever one she's focusing on in the moment, she's very much not moving on. Right, not at all. And then, of course, we have this premonition where they're getting right into, they. she doesn't quite see the creature, which obviously because she thinks it's someone else, and we get to see what this next murder is. And I'm excited to see how they figure this one out. Me too. I also will say, I really like the way that Phoebe describes her as a little girl. I think a lot of times people like look at like 14 or 15 year old, like young girls and want to like really push them to adulthood and like be like, oh, young women, even though it's like a teenager. Yeah, that's still um, a So child. I really like the way that she describes her as a little girl, because that's really what 14-year-olds are. Right. You're still a child, you know? You're not, you're not grown. Yeah. Yeah, the so, whole young adult thing always, like, made me kind of uncomfortable for some reason. Because it's just, like, adults trying to push, like, adulthood onto kids, and usually it's creepy adults doing it. It's not, like, nice yes. adults doing it. Right. Like, oh, you young lady, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she didn't um describe her that way as well. Exactly. 
So now they move to the dining room and Phoebe starts clearing off the dining room table, then flips it on the side. And Prue walks in and asks what she's doing. And she says, we use the magic to magic spell to summon Cole and then we vanquish him. And Prue's like, wait, what makes you think Cole's responsible? And Phoebe says, well, because I was holding the Belthazor page when I got the premonition. And Prue's like, okay, but shattered glass, an old man, a teenager, that's not exactly his M.O. And she's like, well, then why else would I get the premonition? Prue's like, I don't know, Phoebe, but I think you're barking up the wrong demon. I know that he hurt you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's back. And then Phoebe says, Prue, I can do this with you or without you. Just please get the vanquishing potion. And Prue's like, and what if the potion doesn't work? Phoebe says, it'll work. It has to. And then she flips a few pages over to find the page that summons Balthazar. Then it cuts to the underworld where Cole is in a robe surrounded by torches lit on the wall. And he's performing a ritual in another language. And then we start hearing the sisters chanting behind him. And like a tornado cloud surrounds around him. And he's like, no. And then back in the dining room, we see Phoebe and Prue sitting behind the table reading the summoning spell. Then Cole starts to appear in a cloud of smoke, but then vanishes. And back down in the underworld, Cole transforms into Balthazar and stays where he is holding on to the table to not let them summon him. And then back in the dining room, the smoke clouds vanish. And the sisters look around and then get up and they're like, not sure why it didn't work. But then Prue says that they need to find the girl another way and that they need to go to the old man's apartment to see if they can find anything. Then Phoebe wonders if they should bring Piper, and Prue says, no, let's not stress her out any more than we need to, and they go. So, like I said, we knew that she thought it was Cole or Balthazar, but, I mean, have to agree with Prue here. She's like, seems like Phoebe's just trying really hard to find some way to take the anger out on him, when in reality, it's pretty clear that, like, that's not really a Balthazar move to make, you know? It's very much that hyper fixation that I think the sisters tend to have, like they all tend to get that like one track mind. And this is Phoebe having that. Right. And right now she's looking for any excuse to vanquish Cole, right? To get him out of her life and out of her heart. Because I don't think she really wants him to die, but she wants him to be like dead to her. Right. Yeah. And so the literal vanquish is kind of serving as that metaphorical, like, get him out of my heart vanquish here. So that's what she's really interested in. And then for it to not work, I wonder if she would have gone through with it if he had shown up, you know? I wonder too. I really wonder what would have happened and kind of how this would work. I'm also interested in the fact that, of course, Cole's getting stronger in some way and able to fight off the summoning spell. Right. Yeah, I wonder exactly how that happened. Yeah, and kind of what's going on with his powers, where he's at in the demonic world, definitely something I want to learn more about. I agree. And aside from that, I like their little plan of checking out, you know, the old man's apartment to kind of get some more information. Exactly, yeah. So then we cut to Piper's bedroom, and she's meditating on her bed, listening to a CD. And Leo orbs in and scares her, so she jumps and blows up the radio. She's like, Leo, you're supposed to knock, not orb. And she grabs the fire extinguisher, which was like right next to her bed, and sprays (laughs) the radio. And he tells her to relax. She's like, that's what I was trying to do, but somebody made me blow up my guru. 
And he tries to hug her, but she says, no, 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 stay away. I am not safe. My hands are lethal weapons and I don't know how to control it. And it gets worse every day. And he tells her that it's normal. It took you a while to learn how to control your freezing power, remember? And then he sits down next to her. She says, freezing is one thing. Blowing up stuff is another thing altogether. He says, except this time you're not alone. I'm here. And she says, yeah, but you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be anywhere near me. It's too dangerous. He says, then how are we going to go on our honeymoon? She says, we're not going to go on our honeymoon. We're going to cancel it. He says, we are not canceling our honeymoon. She's like, well, then tell the elders to take this power back. I don't want it. I'm not ready for it. He says, they wouldn't have given it to you if you weren't ready for it. I know that, both as your white lighter and as your husband. She's like, what if you're wrong? What if I hurt someone? I just feel so helpless. He says, one thing you're not is helpless. You are one of the strongest, most capable people I know. And he puts his arm around her and they like lay back together, kind of cuddly. And he says, you can handle this, honey. We can handle it together. And then she like leans closer to him and they're like cuddling on the bed. Absolutely adorable. (laughs) I am in love with this entire scene. It's cute. It's funny. It's cute. It works for me. Me too. I think they're so cute together. Like I like Piper's like cute little responses and him being like, we're in this together. Like you're not alone. You have me supporting her saying like, I know you're strong. I know you can handle this both as your husband and your white lighter, like, and them just wanting to get through it together. Leo, I feel like always seems to know what to say to all the sisters to try to kind of help them get through these things. And I just thought it was very adorable. Yeah. And I think this is a really nice reflection of like moments in a marriage where like your spouse or partner might be struggling and you have to kind of like remind them of their strength. Um, I think a lot of us, a lot of times forget how capable and strong we are. And we do need that person in our life who knows us really well to be like, listen, I know all these things about you and you're not alone. You have me. I'm here to help you. I'm here for you to lean on. and. I know that you can do this when things get hard. So I really like seeing that portrayed so healthily and so like well between these two. Exactly. I like that we at least have some healthy relationship going on in here. Exactly. Um, I also, I mean, the honeymoon stuff is funny that that's kind of like the focus. Like we're not canceling our honeymoon. Like, (laughs) yeah, we'll we'll see about that. (laughs) Also the idea, because I feel like we go a little back and forth on like, what exactly it is the elders do so like the elders decide would you get your powers I guess I mean that's kind of what they're making it sound like here because like why do they always like to give it at the most inconvenient moments then like they had to do it while Piper and Leo were in line waiting to buy plane tickets for their honeymoon I know and then what Prue when she was in In the the middle of a business meeting right and then Phoebe when she's trying to fight off a demon like she's very odd yeah elders I'm questioning you maybe the elders are the real villains of the show (laughs) I know they just think it's funny they like to screw with them I guess right they're actually tricksters they're not actually good guys I know seriously so then we go back to the old man's apartment and there's this inspector there and Prue and Phoebe and he asks them what type of specialist they are and says that Daryl didn't say Then Prue asks if she could pick something up, and he tells them forensics is done with the scene, so yes. And then the inspector's like, are you those psychics we keep hearing about that he is working with? 
and Phoebe laughs. And then Prue looks at the photo album and asks if this was his wife. And he says, yeah, that she died a few months ago. And neighbors say that he never got over it, which obviously it's only been a couple months. No, literally. (laughs) He says they're on the third floor, but the killer came in through the window. And Phoebe asks if there were scorch marks by the body. And Prue's like, well, I don't think there would be a body if that particular weapon had been used. And then the inspector says, are you from arson? And Prue says, no, she was just curious about how he died. And the inspector says he drowned in his own blood, according to the M.E. All his blood vessels just burst for no reason. Are you feds? And Phoebe's like, actually, inspector, we're witches, okay? We actually think a demon might have done this, probably my ex-boyfriend. And if he did do this, then we have to find him and vanquish him. Satisfied? And he's like, that's very funny. And then walks out. Then Prue's like, are you out of your mind? And Phoebe's like, well, it got rid of him, didn't it? So what do you think? Prue says, definitely supernatural, but was it Balthazar? And then Phoebe looks down. (laughs) I love this scene, him trying to, like, fight, like, like, figure this out the whole time. And they're both just kind of, like, ignoring (laughs) every question. No, it's literally giving me flashbacks to, like, the Truth Spell episode when, like, Phoebe went to go meet up with Andy and was, like, asking him questions and then, like, avoiding all of his. Exactly. It's so perfect. But literally, like, what did Daryl say to get them on this scene? I don't know. Apparently, Daryl's got connections in high places, like we've known, I guess. Just like, oh, I have two specialists coming in. No need to, like, show a badge or anything. Like, they should show up. Yeah, they're just gonna be here. Don't worry about it. It doesn't quite add up. Like, with no information. I'd be just as curious if I was that guy, too. No, literally, I'd be like, uh, so. Yeah. And then, of course, Phoebe literally telling them, telling him the truth, and he's, like, funny, and just walks out. (laughs) That was good. That worked for me. Yeah, that was funny, though. Ballsy move there, Phoebe. I know. I mean, I probably would have done the same thing. Who's actually gonna believe that? Like... (laughs) Probably my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Gary. I also love, like, Prue's cover-up if that particular weapon has been used. <laughs> I know, yeah. So, I do think that they, or at least Prue, can pretty much tell for sure this is not a Balthazar kill, you know? This has never yeah. been his M.O. And all the blood vessels exploding in his body is kind of crazy. Ooh, yes. Horrible way to die. And it explains all the face bleedy grossness. Exactly. I also will point out, like, obviously because the special effects weren't there, and honestly, it would have been disgusting to see, so I'm glad they do it, but, like, that they have them cover the faces for, like, the kill scenes makes sense. Yeah, that would not have been a a fun thing to look at. (laughs) No, not at all. It would have been really, really gross. So thank you, thank you for the special effects not being there. Exactly. So then we cut to the underworld. And Cole is talking to a robed man who's looking down, and he says, They must have some of the vanquishing potion. Otherwise, why try to summon me? The man says, Perhaps the witch who loved you wants you back. Humans can be very forgiving. And it's like, damn, this is Cole's bestie. He's really supporting Cole's, like, Delulu love here. I love it. (laughs) I know. Cole's like, not this human. Not after what I did. If I know her, she wants to crucify me. And knowing her is exactly what I want you to help me stop doing, alchemist. If I'm to fully revert to my demonic self, I need to break all ties, remove all doubt. And the alchemist says, 
Transmuting your blood might make you immune to the witch's potion, Balthazar, but it won't necessarily make you immune from her pull. He says, that's all right. If she summons me again, he says, that's not the pull I'm talking about. Your human half will always be vulnerable to that which makes all humans vulnerable. No sorcery can change that. He says, then do what you can and rolls up his sleeve. Then the alchemist like telekinetically brings over a knife and cuts Cole's arm and holds his hand over it. And like this electricity shoots out into like the wound. So love this. Cole very clearly trying to stick to his demonic half and obviously still has this love for Phoebe and doesn't want to do this. But like, like you could see that he's not like he's he's doing what Phoebe's doing. He's trying very hard to cope by falling so hard in one direction and she's doing quite literally the same thing you know by just completely turning against each other yes and I really love like the alchemist here you know saying like sorcery can't stop love like there's nothing in the universe stronger than love I really like that little message that it's giving there I think that's really cute that whole little idea that it's got going on Also, I will mention, this is our second time seeing an alchemist this season. How does this compare to our previous alchemist? What do we think? So this is definitely much different than our first alchemist. That was more of like, I don't know. He seemed almost more with selfish intent, maybe almost a little bit newer at it. This guy seems like a professional, like there to just do his job for them. And this other guy was like, oh, I'm just going to be powerful and create something with my own blood. Like, you know what I mean? So I do think that there's quite the difference between the two alchemists we've seen. Yeah, this guy seems more like like a Leo type of demon than like a power-hungry kind of like selfish, like you were saying, motivated demon. Right. Like, that's definitely the vibe we got from our first alchemist. I didn't even realize it's the second one of the season until you said it. Yeah. Had to remember. Anything else to say there? Just thought it's interesting that Cole's obviously on to that Phoebe wants to vanquish him and doing kind of everything in his power to stop that. Right. They know each other so well. Yep. So then we move back to the manor in the parlor and Phoebe and Prue are on the couch with the book and Phoebe says, I'm telling you, it's got to be Cole. And Prue says, Phoebe, just because you want it to be him doesn't necessarily make it him and phoebe's like this isn't about me and cole this is about what i saw my premonitions are always directly connected to what i'm touching at the time and then she grabs the page and prue tells her wait a minute and flips it to the back of the page about banshees then leo walks down overhearing with piper and he's like banshees are a demon who feeds on who feed on souls in great pain And Phoebe's like, hey, stranger, long time no see. And then Piper says, well, like you said, I can't hide forever. And then she tells them she just doesn't want anyone to get hurt. And Prue says, well, since you can't freeze us, you probably can't blow us up either. And Phoebe's like, just keep your hands where we can see them. And Prue asks about the Banshee again. And Leo says that they're pretty rare, but they hunt for their victims with a high-pitched call, something beyond our range to hear. Then their call turns into a scream that kills. And Prue says, well, that explains the broken blood vessels and the shattered glass. Looks like it's not cool after all. And Piper's like, so what do we do? Wear earplugs? Then Phoebe looks at the book and says, there's no spell to vanquish a banshee, but there is one to track the banshee. 
So all we need is a designated tracker. So this whole scene where they finally all join up together and it's all of them involved. I love it. And of course, Leo popping in with his little smarty pants information. I know. So a banshee, I am loving this demon. I don't know why. I just do. I think she's, I think banshees are really cool in this show, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I'm interested in this idea also that like they're rare. I like the way they're using this high pitched call and they involved animals in that and kind of involved the shattering glass and stuff. I think it's a really cool effect. And of course, explains the nasty blood vessel popping thing. Exactly. And I'm sure Phoebe's a little bit disappointed that it wasn't Feldensor. <laughs> I know. She really wants any reason to kill him. So this is very heartbreaking for her. Like, I know. This must be why couldn't well. it just be Feldensor for her? Yeah. Sorry, babe. Sorry. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe in the finale. We'll see. Yeah. Never know. So then we go to the attic and Prue's standing in the middle of a circle of candles and Phoebe asks if she's sure and she says, well, with everything you and Piper are going through right now, we don't really have much of a choice. Besides, it's just a tracking spell. What's the worst that can happen? Piper says, with our history, don't go there. She says, well, it's almost night and that's when the girl from Phoebe's premonition was attacked. So let's just do it. And they cast the spell while Leo watches and we see Prue glow and then she turns into this really pretty white dog with blue eyes and everyone's just shocked. Yeah. (laughs) She is an absolutely gorgeous dog. I know. I love that dog. But yeah, guess no one saw that coming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that there wasn't a little, you know, warning in the book like, oh, by the way, this tracking spell turns you into a dog. Well, there never is. I mean, for the one that turned her into a man, there wasn't a warning either. I know. Like, why? <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I don't have too much to say for that scene. Yeah, I mean, it's unexpected. just kind of setting up our subplot of Prue being the dog, which obviously dogs hear the banshee noise, so it makes sense. Exactly. So then we cut to Prue's room and dog Prue is under the bed whimpering and Phoebe is trying to get her to come out and Phoebe tells her that it's going to be okay and Piper's like how how is this going to be okay and Phoebe's like hands in your pockets and then Leo walks in and Phoebe goes back to trying to call Prue out and Piper's like would you find out why did the spell backfire and Leo's like I don't think it did and Piper's like what are you talking about Leo Prue is walking around on all fours and barking if that's not a backfire then what is And Phoebe's like, shh, you're scaring her. And he's like, all I'm saying is that you cast a tracking spell. And since dogs can obviously hear a banshee's call, what happened makes sense. Prue should be able to track it now. And Phoebe's like, yeah, if she ever comes out, then Phoebe asks her if she'll come out for the innocent, at least. And she does. Then Phoebe starts petting her and calling her a good girl. And Piper goes over too and says, well, at least we know she understands what we're saying. And Phoebe's like, she's such a pretty dog. And Piper's like, what else did you expect? And Leo's like, a Doberman. (laughs) Then Prue growls and barks at him and he backs up. And Piper's like, honey, watch your orbs. Then Phoebe asks what they need to do to get Prue back. And Leo says, once the Banshee's vanquished, the spell should reverse itself. Then Prue runs out of the room and starts barking. And Piper's worried about how long it will take them to find the Banshee. And Leo's like, says that they feed every night 
And then Phoebe reminds them that there's no way to vanquish or that there's no vanquish in the book. And they hear Prue barking and knock things over. So they all run out of the room together. So I do wonder with the whole dog, because that's obviously a real dog. Yes. How do they get the dog to do what they need it to do? You know what I mean? Well, they have dog trainers. Like when they use animals for film, they're specially trained animals that like do a lot of production. So they're used to working in front of cameras and they have their training person there on set with them, giving them the commands and stuff. That's crazy. (laughs) So that's why you'll notice a lot of the dog scenes that aren't like basic, like walking around scenes are close-ups on the dog because the trainer has to be behind the camera giving them instructions. Gotcha. I see. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, just wondering. (laughs) I do like this little scene though with, you know, Leo being like a Doberman and like (laughs) the comedic effect there. I love uh, the rivalry between Dog Prue and Leo. Hilarious. I know, it's killing me, and it just gets better and better. (laughs) (laughs) They got beef. And of course, you know, Piper's concern per usual, and them just trying to figure out how they're going to do this now, how they're going to track the girl. Yeah. Follow Prue. Exactly. And like I've been saying before, like this is giving me total flashbacks to season two. She's a man, baby, a man. We have. Prue transformed, Prue hiding. I will say, going back to last scene, kind of in connection with this one, it actually might have been better to have the two more messed up ones transform into the thing to keep them safe from the Banshee, Um, considering that they're going through stuff and Prue would have been fine, but we could talk about that more later on. Obviously, they didn't know what was going to happen. Right. When they find out a little more of the um, information about it, it'll make a little more sense for them to have probably used someone else to to be the the dog, the banshee tracker, I guess. Exactly. Also, the way Leo's like, you know, once we find the banshee, like, she should just turn back to normal. Like, great plan. Yeah, you know, for sure. (laughs) Like, (laughs) how are we going to get rid of the banshee? Yeah, there's no vanquish. Like, things are a little up in the air right now and I'm really interested to see how the sisters are going to pull this off and what it's going to seem like. Agreed. So then we're downstairs and we see Prue is chasing Kit all around the room and then Kit runs upstairs and the sisters come down and Piper's like no 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 very bad Prue very very bad Prue and Prue starts growling at her and Piper's like hi Cujo who you growling at? And Leo says that he should go check with the elders. And Phoebe's like, wait a minute. Don't tell me you're afraid of Prue. And he's like, yeah. And Piper's like, what if we find the Banshee in the meantime? Leo says, well, you blew up the last demon you fought, didn't you? She says, yeah, but I was trying to freeze him. He's like, just remember what we talked about. Just try and relax. And he orbs out and she's like, I really wish everyone would quit telling me to relax. Then Prue runs off and Piper and Phoebe follow and she starts scratching at the door. So Phoebe opens it and Prue runs out and they like grab their coats and they're like, wait, and then like chase after her. Um, Again, this just seems like a big comedic scene to me. I think it's very funny, very entertaining. Leo's like backing up the whole time until he orbs out is like perfect to me. And then you know, Prue scratching at the door, we can assume that maybe she hears the Banshee. 
Yes. I also just love the way, like, the moments where they're treating her like a dog. She's like, no, no, bad brew. Or, like, when Phoebe yeah. was like, good girl last scene. Like, it's just so funny because, like, we know that's their sister. I know. It's like, they don't know how to handle it. <laughs> oh, my God. I will just say, like, I really relate to Piper in this scene where, like, she's just so sick of, like, being told to relax. Oh, yeah. She's probably tired. <laughs> <laughs> totally totally on the vibe with her yep like leo you were being helpful before but now you're literally just being like just relax remember what we talked about yeah he's acting out of fear fear true (laughs) (laughs) so then we are now outside and it's nighttime and phoebe's like this is worse than i thought and piper says i never imagined anything like this could ever happen to us And Phoebe's like, all I know is this can't go on much longer. And Piper's like, so what are we going to do? And Phoebe's like, rock, paper, scissors. And Piper's like, no way, you already lost. And Phoebe's like, two out of three? And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. So she hands her a plastic bag and she opens it, saying this is humiliating. And then (laughs) Rue comes out after, like, crapping in the woods. And all of a sudden, dogs start barking in the distance, and then Prue starts doing that, too. And Piper's like, Phoebe, does this mean what I think it means? And Prue starts booking it, and Phoebe's like, it means I'm off the hook. And she throws the bag, um, just kind of littering it on the ground, and they chase after her. So they committed two crimes here. They didn't pick up after their dog, and they littered. Yeah. Like, weren't you guys super pissed about dogs crapping on the ground in season two? Yeah, guys, come on. What happened to that energy? I mean, Phoebe to be literally fair, turned sure they... evil as a result of that. No, I'm, I'm sure they probably um, <laughs> care more about the girl, though. So I guess we'll give them that. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a pass this time. Yeah, since they just were doing really good. Just this one time, yes. Oh my god, so funny though this scene in the beginning where they make it sound like it's something so crazy. And it's just her taking crap. Yeah, and it's just, like, again, it's one of those, like, really funny but, like, awkward moments because it's, like, Prue just pooed outside and now they have to clean it up. Yeah, I know. That's why they're, like, this is humiliating. (laughs) If that was me, I would never let them limit down and be, like, yeah, you picked up my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. You mean, like, that time I sat in your pee in the car? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Just like I that. won't elaborate on that, listeners. You 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 do what you will with that story. Yeah, you guys, you know, if you have any questions, just come up with your own solutions, do it. <laughs> not gonna explain that one for you. <laughs> oh my god, that's really funny. So then we're like in an alleyway at a phone booth, and the girl from Phoebe's Premonition, who is a young Ashley Tisdale is on the phone with her mom and she's like I'm so sorry I never should have run away I want to come home and she's like I don't know where I am somewhere in San Francisco and then the banshee jumps out and starts screaming and the girl screams and ducks as all the glass in the phone booth around her breaks and she walks out holding her ears and then the banshee starts screaming again and she covers her eyes And just then, Prue runs into the alley and jumps onto the banshee, and Piper and Phoebe follow, and Piper grabs the girl and tells her to run. 
then the the banshee jumps over them to try to follow after the girl but phoebe levitates and tackles her and the two of them start fighting and then the banshee starts screaming and looks right at phoebe and phoebe's like piper now and piper blows up the dumpster behind the banshee then she goes over to check on phoebe because phoebe like fell down when that happened and the banshee runs off and prue starts following after her so i do like this little fight scene here we see obviously they saved the girl which is great but then where's prue and also the banshee really focused on phoebe here yeah there was that direct moment where she could have focused on either sister and was looking right at phoebe and screaming so i wonder what that means right if they focus on someone in great pain yeah but Phoebe's not in great pain. She's told us multiple times this episode. She is fine. She's moved on. Yeah, yeah. She lost, she lost, moved on. No big deal. Exactly. Not so an issue. why is she even focused on her? I'm confused. God only knows. <laughs> but um, no, I think this was a really well choreographed scene. Um, I like the movement. I like the camera. Like everything here is working really well. I think the acting is interesting. Very nice to see a young Ashley Tisdale. I always remember her being in this episode, and I'm like, oh, I know, me too. I swear, it's so cute. So now we cut to the street real quick and see Prue chasing the banshee. And as she is, she gets hit by a car, and then a man gets out of the car and pets her and tells her that she's all right, and he starts calling for help. Yikes! Yeah, poor Prue. Poor Prue. So she makes it through that as a dog (laughs) yeah i'm hoping so too hoping for a speedy recovery for dog prue and also very handsome man (laughs) yeah what's going on there with that guy so then we go to the manor in the kitchen and piper's looking through the book and phoebe's on the phone with daryl asking if the cops can keep an eye out for prue because he's kind of like uh i can't put out an apb on a dog yeah and then she asks if animal shelters are open this late and Phoebe's like they better be because this is a disaster I'm very worried and she's like well don't worry we will find Prue and we will find the banshee at least we save that girl and Piper's like yeah and how are we going to save you Phoebe says what are you talking about she says I'm talking about how the banshee zeroed in on you even though I was the one blowing up things she's like so she says the banshee seeks out people who are in great pain and apparently it thinks you are she's like piper that's ridiculous she's like phoebe you are not the first hallowell to fall in love with a demon and get burned i know how much that hurts which means i know how much you hurt but i think you're in denial she says i have a different demon to worry about at the moment and she walks away to go get the book and cast the tracking spell again on herself And Piper's like, wait, huh? You want to turn yourself into a dog too? She's like, do you know a better way to find the Banshee and to find Prue? And Piper's like, no, but she's like, then you will mind your business and I'm going to get the Book of Shadow. And she leaves and Piper shakes her head. Honestly, it wouldn't have been a horrible plan because then the Banshee can't get her anymore. Exactly. Yeah, it actually does make sense because, like you said, it would protect her from the Banshee being after her. Exactly. But, you know, Piper's calling out exactly what we've been noticing all episode. Obviously, Phoebe is in denial. She's not admitting to her true feelings. And there's something going on beneath the surface with her. 
And I really appreciate the way Piper kind of ties in her own experience. And she's like, listen, like, I've been through this. I'm here for you. Like, let's talk about it. I get it. Yeah. You just, you can't deny that this is the pain you're going through, you know? Yeah. And then Phoebe, you know, again, sensible for both of them saying like, no, I have something else to focus on. Like, this isn't the priority at the moment putting her feelings on the back burner and focusing on being a witch, which is kind of the same thing she was doing in writing in the Book of Shadows and then going after Cole earlier in the episode. It's her kind of distraction. Yes. So then we cut to the attic and see Phoebe start flipping through the pages in the book. And she stops at the Balthazar Cole page and she picks it up and sits down and starts like, crying and her tears fall on the page and then it cuts down to the parlor where piper is on the phone asking about shelters being open then leah orbs in behind her and she hangs up and she's like we lost prue she ran off after the banshee attacked and leah's like wait a minute you fought the banshee and you and phoebe are okay and he's she's like yeah fine why and he was like because the elders just told me that banshees are former witches so the banshee scream doesn't kill witches, it turns them into banshees. Oh, shit. I know, it's happening. So really heartbreaking seeing kind of Phoebe in that moment alone, finally breaking down, finally going through her emotions. I will say that when I was like, like when and I broke up many of the times, but um, especially like the more serious times, I would like pack away all everything related to him right and put it away in my closet and then like I would like later like a few weeks later when I like thought I was feeling better like sort through it and be cleaning it out again and like I just opened like the book he gave me for like my first birthday when we were together and Mm -hmm. totally broke down like after all that time of being like I'm fine I'm good like everything's fine it's just like that little thing that reminds you in that moment of like when you're alone with it and you have that like little reminder and you finally like let yourself be upset and like feel your feelings. I feel like that's such an important part of like the grieving process of going through a breakup. So kind of to see Phoebe going through that. And again, we've commented multiple times this series, how good um, both Shannon Doherty and Holly Marie Combs are at these breakdown scenes and now I have to give that same credit to Alyssa Milano because this was a really really emotional well done scene it totally was the way that she just immediately kind of like saw it and just couldn't help but like let it out you know like it was a real breakdown and it's something that we've all gone through where you try to hide those emotions and it just comes right back out like that you know like you can't hide that yeah you know you can't hide the reality And then, of course, in the second part of this scene, we get that new fact that Banshees used to be witches. So that's why she focused on Phoebe. Exactly. We know that she's trying to turn her into a Banshee as well. And of course, we get the news right then and there while Phoebe's breaking down. So I'm seeing something bad into the mix, I feel like. Yep. Something's going to happen here. So then we're back up in the attic and Phoebe's still crying and she's like, why Cole? And we see items in the room kind of start shaking and she calls for Piper and we see Piper and Leo run to the stairway 
And in the attic, glass starts breaking all over the room and Phoebe falls to the floor. Then the Banshee jumps in through the windows and starts doing that high-pitched scream at her. And her and Phoebe are looking right at each other. Piper and Leo run in and Piper blows up the Banshee and she explodes. And Leo asks if Phoebe's okay. And she's laying on the floor and morphs into a Banshee. Then she looks at both of them, gets up, and pushes them across the room. And then she, like, hangs out the window very dramatically and then screams and jumps out. She makes a beautiful banshee, I just have to say. Oh, yeah. She looks gorgeous in this costume. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. But this scene worked really well for me. We kind of, I feel like, saw that coming, that that's what that was leading to, her pain, and then... Of course, now she's transformed into a banshee. So there's no Prue and there's no Phoebe. So now it's up to Piper and Leo to kind of solve this issue. Our other power of two. Exactly. Which isn't usually the case. I feel like it's not usually Piper who's the one that has to take care of these things, you know? And they're going to discuss that a little more later. And it's pretty cool, actually. I also do want to mention one thing that I noticed. I don't know if you noticed it, but like... Phoebe was not laying like she was laying kind of on her side but then all of a sudden she's laying on her back when she transforms I was like they did not match cut that very well I was thinking the same thing I did notice that yes (laughs) continuity I know work on it guys but otherwise I mean this scene works for me and I'm excited to see kind of where this these storylines are going agreed and we know that Piper can vanquish a banshee just by using her power, so that's Oh, good. yeah, so no wonder there was no uh, vanquish in the Book of Shadows, because it was that easy to kill the banshee. Yeah, not that difficult. She just needed to relax and focus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now, still in the attic, Piper is standing there with her hands on her hips, and Leo asks if she's okay. And she's like, am I okay? Prue is a dog and Phoebe is a banshee. I am not even in the vicinity of okay. How did this happen? What am I supposed to do? And you know, you could have told me about the witches turn into banshees thing a little bit earlier. And he's like, honey, just try and relax. And she's like, would you stop telling me to relax? And then she blows up Graham's sewing machine. And Leo's like, we don't have time for you to lose it. And Piper's like, well, too bad because I am losing it, whether we have time for it or not. He's like, we have to save Phoebe before she hurts anyone. If she kills just one person, she stays a banshee forever. And Piper's like, okay, can't you give me all the bad news at once? Do you have to keep doling it out for dramatic effect? (laughs) And he says that they need to find her. And she says that she isn't sure how to without Prue. And he tells her that she can do it. And Piper's like, no, I can't. See, because Prue and Phoebe are the super witches. And I just tag along and freeze things. And now I can't even do that right. And he's like, that's not true. You were just as strong as they are. And she says, I can't do it alone. And he says, you're not alone. We're partners. Don't you see that? And she apologizes and says she's just worried about them. And he tells her to start with a deep breath and listen to her instincts. And he tries to like calm her down. And she's like, I think I have an idea. So So I love this scene. It's 80% exposition, but it's done in a way that's really exploring Piper's character, which is why it works so well. Exactly. Um, Which is what I wish they would do with a lot more of the exposition scenes that they 
do in this show is really have it like be part of a person's character and an internal struggle because that makes it interesting to watch as opposed to just listening to information we probably could have figured out by watching something. This scene, I mean, even though you're right, it is a lot of exposition, it works so perfectly because it ties into her character and kind of the way she sees herself. And I think we can all kind of agree that like, not that that's the case because Piper is just as capable as Prue and Phoebe, but it does seem to be that she usually is the one that just kind of tags along and, you know, does what she needs to do for them. But like, she's never really had to be in that position where she's handling something like this alone. And especially while she's going through such a struggle right now with her powers, she feels like she cannot do this, you know? Yeah. I think part of it is the way like Piper sees herself and like sort of a self-esteem issue. But the other part of it is definitely just that I think Prue and Phoebe take more of an interest in being a witch. Like we've seen Piper multiple times kind of fighting against her magical destiny and leaning more into her human life. And here we're seeing that it doesn't just come from a place of her not wanting to be a witch. It comes from her feeling lesser than her sisters in a way, which I think is really interesting and says a lot about who she is. And I think it portrays that middle sister role that we talk about so often for her kind of feeling forgotten and feeling not as special as the oldest and the youngest exactly and I also will say I love this moment of Leo saying like we're partners like you're not alone because I think a lot of times like people don't realize and she mentioned it a couple episodes ago too it's this idea that like when you get married when you have a life partner you now have two families it's not just the family you grew up with but it's the family you're choosing for yourself as well and those the two things can blend together cohesively but they also do operate as separate units and you have to learn to navigate those units as they develop so I think that's really interesting to see that dynamic shifting as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Her trying to kind of figure that out after still pretty much being newlyweds and figuring out this dynamic of how to have two families now, you know, and to start working on things as a partnership as opposed to just with her sisters and seeing herself like, oh, if I don't have them, then I've got nothing. Yeah. And then we see at the end of the scene, like when Piper does focus, when Piper does trust her instincts, She is just as capable as her sisters because she instantly comes up with an idea. And we've seen her so many times be the one to figure things out. Like Piper is just as smart and just as magically inclined as her sisters. She just doesn't always see it in herself, I think. Absolutely. And it's just as much her destiny as it is them. They all have those instincts that help them with the greater good that this show provides for all of them that their magic abilities give them. So I think she just has a harder time acknowledging that, like you said. Yeah, definitely. So then we're at the man who ran Prue's over his house and Prue's laying on the couch and the man is on the phone and he's saying that he can't go because he needs to stay with the dog while cleaning off his camera and drinking a beer. And he's saying, no tags. Maybe I should write an article about irresponsible pet owners to make them feel like dirt. And then Prue starts whining and he hangs up the phone and goes over and starts petting her and holding her. And he tells her that she isn't going anywhere until she's better because she's like trying to get up. This guy's so sweet. I know. So we find out a few things about him here, right? Number one, he's like an animal lover. Number two, he's obviously a journalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a 
given us a little bit of information about himself. I wonder how important this guy is going to be. Yeah. Is this Prue's new man? Could be. Is this Mr. Right? Could be. So then we cut to this parking lot where Banshee Phoebe is watching this girl walk through the parking lot and she's like hiding behind cars and we hear dogs barking in the distance and then the woman cross or like you know go walks to the car and meets up to a guy and they hug and Phoebe like hisses and turns around and walks behind the gate then starts screaming again a high-pitched scream yeah so phoebe's not very good at hunting people in pain here i know she doesn't quite know what she's doing yet not much to say here (laughs) yeah it's just kind of establishing like phoebe out trying to find like a victim right because banshees feed every night so she needs someone to feed off of exactly then we cut back to the man's house and he's like sharing his beer with Prue for some reason. Like yeah. what the actual fuck was this? <laughs> he's like, oh, she likes imported my kind of girl. Like what the fuck was this scene? Yeah, I know. Very weird. But whatever. So then Prue gets up and starts barking at the door and he gets up to let her out. And then she runs off and he like grabs a bag and follows. Kind of an odd scene just showing Prue get back out i don't really (laughs) yeah like i feel like it's trying to establish a connection between them as like love interests but it 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 just doesn't work for me it's like a little weird definitely a little odd like don't feed your dog beer this is like he was just talking about irresponsible pet owners like babe get a mirror right now i know seriously (laughs) (laughs) all right so then we go back to the manor and this is like in the stairway and conservatory area Piper and Leo are walking down the stairs and he's telling her to think this through and she's like you were the one that told me to trust my instincts and he's like yes that was before you said you were gonna summon Cole though the last time Cole was here he killed a witch remember and she says that is what this is for and she holds up the potion and says that if he makes a move she'll freeze him or blow him up and Leo says what if he blows us up first and Piper's like well you're already dead what's the difference He's like, the difference is I don't want you to join me. And she tells him that she loves him and that he's the one that gave her the courage to try this and says, now, the Banshees target people who are in pain. That's why it went after Phoebe. And Cole is the source of Phoebe's pain. So if we can get him to find her and eliminate that pain, then we might be able to get Phoebe back. And Leo says, do you really think he'll help us? And she says, feelings like theirs don't go away. We should know. And then he smiles, and she does the summoning spell. Then Cole appears in this cloud of smoke, and Cole's like, you rang? And she, he's like, Piper, not the sister I was expecting. Piper's like, Phoebe's in trouble. She's been turned into a banshee. And he's like, a banshee? Well, that's different. And she says, it happened because she was hurting over you, and I think you're the key to turning her back. And he says, sorry, I don't do good anymore. And she's like, not even for somebody you love? And he says, loved, past tense. And Leo's like, I think we've heard enough. And Piper's like holding the potion behind her back. And she says, feelings like that don't just die, Cole. And he says, wrong. They died when Phoebe gave up on me. Now all I can do is return the favor. And she says, you've helped us before and we have helped you. And he's like, oh, is that what you were doing when you called me this morning? Helping me or trying to vanquish me? And Leo's like, Piper, the potion. And Piper says, Phoebe loves you, Cole. And I know you love Phoebe. All I'm asking you to do is find her and tell her. 
and he says it's over piper in more ways than one and leo's like throw the potion and she's like you're right cole it is it is over and she drops the potion in front of him and then smoke appears and nothing happens and he's like surprise and then starts laughing and he's like did you really think that i would come here without magical protection the question is do you have protection for yourself and leo's like don't threaten her Cole's like, I suggest you orb her out of your white lighter before there's nothing left to orb. And that's when Prue comes in and starts barking at them. And Piper's like, Prue? And Cole's like, Prue? (laughs) And then the glass in the room starts shaking and Prue keeps on barking. And Cole's like, what's going on? And Piper's like, Phoebe's home. And then the vases shatter and the windows all explode. And Phoebe jumps in and tackles Cole. And then she starts screaming at him and he like morphs into Balthazar and grabs her and they shimmer out together and everyone looks around. So two really strong halves to this scene. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess focusing in on the first half, I really like this moment between Piper and Leo where she's, you know, confirming that like you gave me the strength to do this. So like, don't question my instincts. I really liked that and kind of the little disagreement they have here because he's worried about the danger. Whereas she's really focused on the fact that Cole loves Phoebe. Cole is obviously the key to bringing Phoebe back, which I think is smart and makes total sense to me because like she said, like Cole is the reason Phoebe's in pain and something between the two of them is obviously the key to saving her in some way. I definitely agree. And I like the moment of, you know, feelings like theirs don't go away. We should know because again, we have our two forbidden loves and the way that love conquers all in this show. So I liked having that little reminder too. Yeah, absolutely. And I love like this energy here between them where they're like, they can stand there and have a conversation together. And neither of them want to kill each other right then. But like, Cole's willing to if he has to. And so is Piper and Leo. You know what I mean? So it's a very interesting dynamic because like they were just like all working together. And now it's like they're against each other. And I feel like we get that back and forth between like Cole and Phoebe's dynamic and the rest of the family you know so it's just funny to see that again and it seems like again the only thing that like Cole isn't really good he just loves Phoebe and that's the only thing that even made him want to be good in the first place you know yeah and I really love like everything about Julian McMahon's demeanor in this scene like I love the different sides of Cole we've been seeing the last few episodes and the Cole in this episode is so fun and is so like tricky And I just love seeing that because I feel like we see his vulnerable side a lot when he's with Phoebe. We see his kind of like more sarcastic side when he's like evil and around other people. And then we see his kind of like fake sweet side at other times. Mm -hmm. So I like seeing this playful side of him that is like very confident and very like demon-y. So I loved seeing that here. Like you said, his back and forth with Piper is really good. I don't think we've ever commented on the chemistry between these two because we've never really seen a scene where they go back and forth like this, but it's incredible. It is. It goes so well. And then Leo, of course, just being concerned the whole time and like backing Piper up is amazing to me. And then the dynamic between them, the tension, the energy, it like it works very well for these two characters and these two actors, you know? Definitely. And I think, you know, Piper's belief in love is so clear in this scene because Leo's like, throw the potion, throw the potion. And she's like taking that moment of like, you love Phoebe. I know you do. And I love seeing that too. Me too. Like, I know for a fact that you do. You can't even, 
can't even deny that yes and then of course like that humor of when Prue jumps in and he's like Prue (laughs) and then he's like what's going on and Phoebe comes in like it was just like perfect the scene couldn't have gone any better no yes and Holly's delivery of like Phoebe's home is like perfect like I I love that that was so beautiful like cinematic masterpiece it really is and then of course we have Phoebe focusing on Cole because he's He's also in in great pain exactly so we all know the truth yes so then we come back from commercial we're still in the conservatory and Leo's petting through so I guess he got over his fear (laughs) he's like you think she's all right and Piper's like no I don't either way Phoebe's screwed he's like I met Prue she seems kind of down and Piper's like well she should be we're about to lose a sister and she sits next to him and he says, I thought you said Cole would never hurt her. And she says, in self-defense, he would. Did you see her? She was pissed off. On the other hand, if she kills him, then she's a banshee forever. And Prue runs over and scratches the door looking at them. And Piper's like, this is my fault. She zeroed in on Cole's pain for her. I led her to him. And Prue starts barking at them. And Piper's like, be quiet. And Leo says Piper could try scrying, but then Prue comes over and bites Leo and then goes back to the door and just jumps through the window that got knocked out. And Piper says, she hears Phoebe, hurry, hurry, go, go. And they follow. So I love this scene of them just like ignoring Prue, like, (laughs) like, all right, just shut up. Just not realizing like, uh, idiots, like I can hear her, remember? (laughs) And I feel like that's how people really are with their dogs. Like, their dogs will be trying to tell them something important. They'll be like, shh. And it's like, listen to your fucking dog. Yeah, I know. Like, come on. Pay attention to them. They're trying to say something, obviously. And then, of course, Piper back to doubting herself and doubting her instincts when, um, you know, she was so confident in them before. So I'm looking forward to see how this plays out, whether it is in her favor or goes against her you know but obviously she's back to having that fear feeling like she screwed everything up yeah definitely so then we go to the mausoleum and phoebe and balthazar are fighting and they're like very evenly matched and she starts screaming and he starts choking her and he's like don't make me kill you and then she throws him off of her he morphs back into cole and says damn it phoebe i love you with like tears in his eyes and all emotional and then she tilts her head and starts screaming and then looking at him. And then, like, outside the mausoleum, we see Prue running down the street and Piper and Leo are chasing her. And then it cuts back to the mausoleum and Phoebe morphs back into herself looking at Cole. So the one thing I want to say in, like, the Phoebe and Cole fighting scene, I really hate moments in the show when they have, like, acts of violence where like it's perpetrated by a man against a woman in situations that aren't like magically inclined like I hated seeing him choking her a lot like I really disliked that moment of the fight scene because that's I think too close to like what happens in like actual abusive relationships so it's like harder to see a moment like that than like them just kind of like back and forth fighting yeah, I guess I guess I can definitely see that. I mean, at first with the fight scene, it was definitely very much like them just kind of trying to get each other off of them and like fight against each other. But that choking was very like personal, you know? 
which was definitely a little rough to watch. Yeah, because then to hear him be like, damn it, Phoebe, I love you. Like, don't make me kill you. Like, it just, it's it's really difficult to see that as opposed to like, if they were using their powers or if they were fighting like in a more even way. Because in that moment, it's very much like him on top of her, overpowering her, like strangling her. Yeah. But I don't, I, I also like, I do get it in the sense of the show's perspective of her like, being the one trying to kill him so he's like defending himself but like also just fucking shimmer away like you know what I mean yeah I also will mention kind of like straying away from that when they're running like with the dog and then Piper and Leo the hopeful music that is playing behind them is so (laughs) fucking funny total shift in mood from what we were just seeing yeah I love I love when they do things like that in the show and then Phoebe of course her reaction to him like saying that and her morphing back into herself like oh true love saves the day even if it was very violent and not good yeah guess so (laughs) even toxic love stories have happy endings I guess in the show perhaps guess we still don't know true so then outside prue is running and morphs back into herself and she's like holding her hip and saying ow then piper and leo catch up and piper's like what happened and she goes i had a little accident hey leo not that i'm complaining but why am i human again he's like the spell must have played itself out phoebe must not be a banshee anymore and Piper's like, does that mean Phoebe's alive or? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, they're probably freaking out. Yeah, right? Like, uh, so did she make it or what? <laughs> yeah, like what is going on? Yeah. So then back in the mausoleum, Cole gets up and Phoebe's like, stay away from me. And he's like, Phoebe. And she's like, I don't want to hear it, Cole. And he says, yeah, you do. You're not the only one hurting here. We both are. That's why we were drawn into this mess. I tried to deny it too. I tried everything to break my feelings for you, even magic. Nothing works. And she says, it doesn't change anything. And he says, no, it doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that I killed a witch, even if I was tricked into doing it. And he turns away. And Phoebe's like, what do you mean? And he says, forget it. It doesn't matter. And she's like, yeah, well, maybe it matters to me. And then he says, Raynor cast a spell. He made me kill her against my will. She says, and why would he do that? And turns back to her and says, because he wanted to turn me. And he knew the only way to do that was destroy the one thing keeping me good. He knew that my killing a witch would destroy your faith in me. And he was right. And she says, I don't know what to say. And he says, there's nothing to say. Like you said, it doesn't change the fact that I did it or that we'll always love each other. I guess that's a pain we'll both have to live with. And then he turns away and shimmers out. And Phoebe blinks and swallows, like, really hard. Like, she's trying not to cry. Oh, my God. God. Truth came out. Now she has no clue what to do. I know. I also do want to just mention, we never got full confirmation that That Raynor casted a spell. Like, he he was kind of like, did you? And Raynor was like, does it matter if I did? And then Cole vanquished him. So, like, a little speculative, but I'll accept it. Yeah, agreed. Because, like... I mean, the fact that he was so pushed that hard makes me think that maybe Reynard did cast a spell because he really didn't even have that desire before that. We didn't see any big signs of that. 
But I thought it was like his addiction to evil that caused him to do it. Yeah, that's almost the way they made it sound, but he wasn't like but he never really seemed that way before it was like so maybe that actually explains all the weird like withdrawal stuff we were talking about last episode that had never ever come up before maybe it was all a result of the spell yeah it probably was that's what i would think i mean we know that he was doing some funky shit to him on the table but we don't know exactly what happened aside from him you know reading his thoughts oh my god the connections are all there and we like missed it I know. I don't know why we didn't think of that. <laughs> I'm proud of us for figuring it out now. Yeah, at least. We... Okay, so Raynor cast a spell confirmed. Yep. Also, like the way knows. he literally admits that his love for Phoebe is the only thing that made him good. Like, I know. Like, is that a good thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so toxic, but it's high key romantic. Like, I want to be the only thing that makes you good, babe. I, <laughs> I love that. Because Loki literally. <laughs> oh my god. So I do love the whole energy between them here and the whole situation. And them, of course, like still feeling that love for each other and him just leaving and being like, well, I know it still doesn't change what happened. So we're just going to have to live with it. And like that, what he thought was like the final goodbye, you know? Yeah. And that's such a tough thing to face in a relationship. It's just like, we love each other, but it's not enough and it doesn't change what happened. And trust me, I am quite literally have been going through that same thing with my ex. So it's like, I just totally relate to that pain here. And it's so heartfelt. It's so real. It's so genuine. I I could not say more. Like, it's really well done. Yeah. Then we're on the street and Leo's closing his eyes and he says, I sense her. Phoebe's alive. Looks like your plan worked after all. Piper says, yeah, but if she had to vanquish Cole, then she's probably not doing very well. Why don't you go get her? And he orbs out. Then Piper goes to touch Prue's hair and she's like, I think you have fleas. She's like, you know what? That's not funny because I think I do. And she starts itching her head and starts complaining about being a dog. And Piper's like, must have been rough no pun intended she's like well at least i got to meet a really cute guy and piper's like how she's like he ran me over and then she walks off (laughs) it's such a such a funny scene yeah i feel like that's more just wrapping up and like catching up and just comedy exactly it's just giving us a cute little sister moment and kind of getting leo to go find phoebe exactly So then we get a couple of scenes of like San Francisco playing to some music and then it cuts to P3 where it is like absolutely popping in there and Piper is at the bar and gives two guys their drinks. Then Phoebe and Prue are sitting at the bar and Phoebe tells her she might want to raise the drink prices and Piper's like why and Prue's like hands her the bill for the window repair guy and Phoebe's like we really keep that that guy in business don't we (laughs) and then Prue is looking around. And says that she has a date with the journalist who hit her. And um, she's like, how could I resist a guy who put up flyers to find me? Um, And she looks hot as fuck. And then she goes and meets up with him and they walk off together. Then Phoebe smiles and Piper's like, it's good to see you out. It's been a while. And she's like, yeah, I guess we're both out of hiding. And then she thanks Piper for calling Cole. And it's like, well, I mean, if you hadn't, I'd probably still be screaming. Piper says, yeah, well, nothing like trusting your instincts. 
And she says, I know what you mean. I think I'm going to act on some of my own. I think I made, I think I made a mistake giving up on Cole. Now I know why he did what he did. And Piper's like, Phoebe. And she's like, he loves me, which means that there's still good in him. I can bring him back. I know I can. And she walks out. Wow, that toxic shit is crazy. Like, we've all been there, Phoebe, trying to bring that toxic man back to the good side. Uh, so relatable. And then Piper just, like, d- knows that there's nothing she can really say, yeah. you know? Like, Piper's that best friend who's like, I gotta let my Delulu girly do her thing. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But now we know, like, does this mean it's not the end for Cole and Phoebe after all? I guess we'll find out in the finale. I know, I'm very excited. Other things in this scene, I really love the way that they bring up kind of the real world aspect of like, we're always breaking fucking shit in our mansion and we have to pay to get it fixed. So I loved that moment. That was really funny to me. Right, instead of it just like all of a sudden always being fixed. (laughs) I wonder on, like, set how much glass they've gone through or how much, like, broken materials they've had to reset and rebuild or something, like... Oh my god, so much. Like, whoever had, like, the carpentry tree jobs on that set, like, they were in business all yeah, eight seasons. Yeah, in business, like, <laughs> hardcore. But yeah, no, and then, of course, her feet or Prue going to meet up with the guy that, like, hit her when she was a dog. Too cute. I yeah. I absolutely love it. Do we think he's a one-episode love interest, or do we think we'll see him back? Maybe we'll find out in the finale. Maybe. (laughs) So, overall thoughts? Like I said in the beginning, this is one of my favorite episodes, not even just of the season, but of, like, the show. This has always been one of my favorites, you know? And obviously, aside from the minor things that we point out in each episode, I feel like there was a lot of heartfelt things a lot of new things everybody going through their own kind of situation I like the involvement with Cole and Phoebe and the pain like it was just so so strong in everybody's emotion you know chemistry between actors like it just it couldn't have gone better to me you know yeah I thought it was a really strong episode I think it's one of the most entertaining episodes Mm -hmm. and it's one of the really entertaining episodes that doesn't have eight million plot holes which I really enjoyed too yep It's actually very consistent with where the characters are going and where they're at. And it is continuing season long plot lines as well, which I enjoyed. And I think it's a really good like lead up to the finale as well. So I enjoyed this one. It most definitely is. And I can't wait to discuss how it all ties in. Yeah, I mean, we have Piper's powers growing. We have obviously the whole Phoebe and Cole dynamic. We have Prue actually like exploring love like she's been wanting to the last few episodes. Like we have a lot of really good stuff here. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash podcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three, episode 22, All Hell Breaks Loose.